Glad to see you guys here. My name is Aaron. I am the community groups director here. So if you guys ever like reach out about joining a community group, I'm the guy that usually reaches out to you and helps kind of direct you on the right path of where to meet some new people from church and all that. So I'm going to be preaching today. So I know it's football Sunday, so I'm notorious for not holding you guys over. So you guys will be all right if you got a football team started at noon. So... <laughs> So in a time-honored tradition, we're gonna, I've got some jokes for you guys because you got to have jokes. So, so <clears throat> it's not always easy shopping on eBay. I searched for cigarette lighters and got over a thousand matches. <laughs> Went shopping online for a new toaster and found a specialist site for it, but gave up, got too many pop-ups. So the other day, I ordered some bubble, bubble wrap online earlier just to see what it comes wrapped in. <laughs> so, I thank our pastor for creating this tradition. I just, it's just part of the legacy now. We've got to keep it going. So as you guys know, we've been continuing our series through the book of Acts. Today, we're going to be looking at the book, Acts chapter 9. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 30 about Saul's conversion. So I just want to share with you guys, growing up, I moved around a lot. Not the easiest thing when you, especially in going through school, moving. My eighth grade year, we moved when we were already, like, started in, like, class. So on top of, like, starting a new school, school had already started, which made things just not the easiest transition at all. And so as you're trying to pick out a class, you find out that, like, a lot of classes you can't join in because they're already, like, started. So I was like, it was like a month or two, and I was, like, trying to join classes. So one of the classes I started was study hall, you know, probably about the most pointless class you can really do. Well, it just so happens about three or four of us in this class, and there's this one kid who just had absolutely everything in the world to, like, make my life miserable. Like, every time the teacher would, like, look away, or if you leave the room, this guy would just, like, throw stuff at me. He's, like, swearing at me and all those different crazy things, and just, for some reason, just had, just hated my guts. You know, here I am, starting school, 15 years old, don't know anybody, and I got somebody already, already bullying me. It's great times. So as time went on, somehow we became friends. Not sure how this happened. It might be because we got in a fight, and we had to spend a whole day in what's called in-school suspension. I don't know if you guys have this ever. Instead of like sending you home, you know, you get to play video games, you know, you're stuck at school, but you can't leave the room. You're stuck with that person. And so I don't know if that's where it happened. I mean, you're talking like 25 years ago, so it's been a while. But somehow we became friends, and it turns out we actually like lived like pretty close together and started hanging out and stuff. And the cool thing is like his mom would work evenings, so I'd go over to his house in the evening and we'd get away with stuff that you wouldn't normally get away with when parents are around. <clears throat> so as time went on, eventually he started coming to church with us and started like going to youth group together. We started dragging in like kids from around the neighborhood. And so as time went on, we started becoming good friends. We even got baptized together at the same time, which is pretty cool. And this is just something I would never expected. Someone who just hated my guts for purely existing became one of the closest friends I had between 8th grade and ninth grade before I left to Michigan in 10th grade. So unfortunately, I lost contact with him. I don't know if you guys know about the 90s. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have internet. <laughs> if you called somebody out of your area code, it was considered a long-distance phone call. Crazy how life has changed so much. Now you can just like pick up your phone and you're like, oh, hey, video chat. It's like no problem. But unfortunately, we've lost chat, you know, track of each other and don't really 
you know, I'm not sure where he's at, but it just, it just amazed me, like, you know, I would never expected, like, this opportunity of, like, somebody who hated me becomes one of my closest friends, and we become, like, know God's grace at the same time and get baptized. So it was pretty cool. So have you guys ever experienced something like that, where, like, there's someone in your life, you just feel like there's no way you'll ever, like, their life would ever turn around, or maybe accept the gospel of Jesus? Well, thankfully, the Bible gives us hope that nobody's exempt from this opportunity. So today, I want you guys to look at one of the most unlikely of people to become a follower of Christ. I'm talking about someone whose main objective was to persecute the early church, whose job was to find out who, were, who was a believer, take names, and take them off, and essentially try to get them killed. So we're going to look at how someone who even the disciples were afraid of ends up becoming the most well-known person in the Bible, even today, as we read a lot of his books. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 9, and we're going to learn about the story about how Saul became Paul. So as you guys are pulling out your Bibles and getting ready, I'm going to pray. So Lord, we just invite you into this time. We just want to just experience, just want to experience your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, I just... I get out of the way as you come in and you just speak to us and encourage us. Just give us insight that like nobody, not one single person out there is exempt from knowing your grace and that we can expect the unexpected just by just following you. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Got a buzz back there. All right, so Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, <clears throat> suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he saw, opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand, by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat, any, eat or drink anything. So right from the beginning, we see a man who in his own mind thought he was doing the work of God. He was so focused on bringing down the church that he had no idea who this voice was even talking to him. So here's what I like to consider like a candidate to be the most unlikely to become a Christian, get the Christian award. This is the guy who was farthest from anyone ever becoming a Christian. His whole life revolved around stopping him. So we're going to jump ahead a little bit to verse 13 here. So Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with <clears throat> authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. So how many of us struggle with this same scenario? Jesus is speaking directly to Ananias, commanding him to go see Saul and pray for him. And Ananias is struggling with this command. He's like, seriously, Jesus, this guy, don't you know he's won like the jerk of the year award for the last six years in a row? I mean, his reputation just like falls in everywhere. Everybody knows like you hear Saul and then just people tremble. <clears throat> and now, he, now he's asking him like, now you want me to go pray over him directly? Can you think of someone in your life, someone that just seems like no matter what, they won't, what you do will not convince them to Christ? Maybe you're sitting there thinking about yourself. Maybe you're feeling like there's no way. All right, so we're going to jump back into verse, <clears throat> jump ahead to verse 20. At once he began to preach to, in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled and baffled the Jews in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Isn't this such great encouragement? He immediately preached the gospel of Jesus. He knew right then and there that his past had been washed away. His identity had become with Jesus. He went out preaching. He didn't wait to be accepted. You know, everybody was like skeptical of this guy. Like, okay, what's going on here? This guy just tried to kill me the other day. And now he's preaching about the truth. Everyone around him either didn't like it or believe he became a Christian. There were even plots by Jews to kill him. Disciples didn't believe him. Here's a group of guys who walked and talked with Jesus. They were filled, you know, they saw Jesus crucified and resurrected. They were even filled with the Holy Spirit, and even they had their doubts about Saul. His old reputation followed, followed him, making it hard for the early church to believe that he transformed Thankfully, there was a someone else that believed the transformation was real. So we're going to look at verse 26 through 30. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried joining the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul in his journey had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to, <clears throat> down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So thank God for people like Ananias and Barnabas. You know, they were willing to expect the unexpected. They believed that through God, anything is possible. They've they may have had their doubts, you know, they questioned it, but at the same time, they still followed through. They had the faith to know that, like, God is possible through anything. It's too bad that, like, we don't use these names as, like, honorary, you know, like, who names our kid Ananias today? Or Barnabas. You know, these are, like, two people that helped bring the church up 
by believing in what God had done in Saul's life. And unfortunately, they get no credit today. <laughs> so today, as you're hearing this message, is God highlighting people in your life? Are you doubting that there's no way that, like, that they would ever give their life over to Christ? You know, are you like Ananias questioning God when he put those people in, <clears throat> when, they put, when God puts these people in your lives, like, really, God? Like, this guy, did you know what he did last night? He just came home like two minutes ago. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. You know? Or maybe it's people you work with. You know, like, as I was putting together this message, like, it really, like, challenged me. Like, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, like yeah, like, I have faith in my own life that God's going to do amazing things. So many times I'm always like, when I'm with people that I know at work that don't go to church, like I try to like talk to them about Jesus, like I always get kind of stumbled up. I'm like, they're not going to care. Like I invited a friend of mine, and he gives me the same reaction every single time. You know, it's going to burn down if I come in. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we got sprinklers, so just show up, you know? <laughs> so, so I tried to get him to come. I even told him I was preaching. I thought maybe that might like, you know, I've known this guy for like 10 years. I'm like, dude, like finally come, you know? So... You know, you just got to just keep trying and just pushing eventually, you know, like, eventually it's going to happen. Or you like Barnabas, and you see the potential in people, like, you automatically, like, man, like, I got you, you know, like, some of you people, like, you're always pulling people in, you're always like, yeah, come to church, like, it's going to be awesome. Some of you guys are just amazing at that stuff, and some of you, like, sometimes, like, like I said, I just get kind of caught up sometimes because I'm just... You know, I live in that fear of myself, like, having those doubts, like, but I also know, like, God can change people, and this is proof, you know, we have Saul to thank for that. So the beautiful thing is that God has always believed in all of us. Whether you've been a believer of Christ for years, maybe you're wondering, like, is this Christianity thing even real? Like, God's still, still accepting of us. You know, God has brought us here to live out a life that says we can accept, expect the unexpected. And we get to live that out as a, light, as a church. And one of my daughter's favorite sayings is, I didn't expect that. So, and she's here today, so I'm hoping she's taking notes instead of coloring over there. <laughs> so that's something she gets really hung up on, is like, I didn't expect that. You know, that's the great thing about God, is like, God does things we don't expect. You know, Saul wasn't alone in his transformation from this, you know, persecuting, you know, this transformation from persecuting the church to helping the church grow. You know, because he had people around him that had faith to expect the unexpected, he was able to move forward. He eventually changed his name to Paul, wrote countless letters to the church that we have in our Bible today that we get to, like, be encouraged by. Paul, you know, this is a guy who wrote, you know, First Corinthians, you know, the Corinthians, all those books of the Bible you read, like all these early churches, like that was Paul. This is the guy who went from like hating the church to like loving the church that we get to be encouraged by that even throughout today. So just like I didn't expect a friendship from a guy who hated my guts, you know, we can, you know, nobody in the early church expected Paul and Saul to become Paul. So we get this awesome opportunity. So as we close out today, take time and ask God, like, who are the people in my life that I can expect to be transformed? You know, not that wandering, like, but having that expectation. We get to have that boldness because we have the Holy Spirit. Because on our own, like, we're going to fall short. But these guys who 
had the faith, lived up to what Christ, you know, told them to do, great things happened. They learned to expect, like, with Christ, anything is possible. So as you guys leave today, I have three takeaways I'd like for you guys to just kind of just keep in heart, you know, like throughout the week and just challenge yourself, you know, like, one is to be remembered, like, Jesus never gives up. He's always there for us. He's, even if we're like the most vile people with our reputations, like, God doesn't give up on those. Don't give up on others, even if they're going to tell you a hundred times that the church is going to burn down because they clocked I can tell you that doesn't happen. But you just, you never know, like, when the, the time finally, like, you know, they finally give in. And then just live out the week expecting the unexpected. You know, wake up in the morning just asking yourself, like, all right, God, what can I expect that I didn't expect that he's going to move? You know, what does this look like for us to expect the unexpected in our lives when we get out there and start thinking about, like, you know, like, there's a world out there that needs to know the truth that we know. Like, just like people believed in us, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of people who thought I would never become a Christian. I'm sure they'd probably be surprised when they find out I'm actually preaching on them. You know? <laughs> like, that's the mentality we got to have is like, you know, like, just as like everybody else had faith in me. Like, my parents had faith in me. They raised me. to no truth. You know, we have that opportunity to share that with everybody around us. And we can just continue to do that and expect the unexpected. Even when we feel like there's no hope, we can expect that God is going to come through.